The latest KillCoin conversation, once again, we're going to have a problem with the name, probably right out of the gate. It's not the midday grind. It's not my sidekick, my colleague, Chuck Marlowe, who hates Chuck. It's Charlie. People have been asking. People have been craving something of a reunion. This is not a reunion. This is you and me with hot takes. That's the plan. First issue, the name of the show, probably. And we talked about this beforehand, and I like... Martin and Marlo. I'm not even trying to have top billing. Obviously, I'm giving that to you, Martin and Marlo. I wanted to call... There's too much alliteration, like sport. Okay. Everything's stupid. There's always alliteration. But it's pretty simple there. I wanted the radio show to be called Martin and Marlo. You wanted Midday Grind, a throwback to your morning grind days. I don't know. I like Martin and Marlo, but I don't really care that much. Plus, the Midday Grind ruined my career. Chuck Marlo single-handedly ruined my radio. Think about it. I was on the radio consistently for, I don't know, like 14 years or whatever it was. And now I'm not on the radio because of you. It's your fault. And remember how it all started. Yes. When, when you were at another station and then I kept saying... And it was an ensemble show that was not about me. <laughs> what was the name of that show? By it was called the Martin Kilcoin Show. Martin Kilcoin Show. And I would ask you multiple times per day, what's your percentage? It became a joke that we had a segment for our show called What's Your Percentage? Because every day I would ask you multiple times... What's your percentage of, of joining and us joining this radio show? And then the percentages kept creeping up to a point where we finally had a show. For You wore me down. I did. Well, you had it for what? A couple years? I, I don't even, honestly, nice no, if you ask me to recount the disastrous run that we had at 590, I would say we were on for three hours and then within like a month, they're like, well, what if we tried this? And then we said, no, no, no. But what if you go to this time slot? Well, then what, how about if you do an hour with Frank? No, Charlie, what if... You go with Charlie Tuner to be the Charlie Charlie show, and then no, you go with Cam, and like it's a fucking disaster, and it's your fault. I'll I'll wear that, but I'm I'm just gonna say this: when I signed up, but I had fun. I had fun first of all while it lasted, and for me, I had a couple shows before that that lasted about six months. So this show was is that a humble was basically (laughs) hold on the uh, did you host the late night score? No, we had uh, we had what middle relief, which was Rennie and I. It started with Burwell and Strauss, RIP, and then Rennie and I, and then we also, of course, had Nick and the Badger. Both of those shows, I think, lasted around six months. So you and I lasted two years. That's four times the amount. You also know that, look, I, I will work hard enough to, to accomplish tasks. However, the fact that the show started three hours and then we only did one hour, I didn't mind that. <laughs> I didn't mind doing one hour. If you really want, I'll come in for a half hour. <laughs> we can do 40 minutes. You know, what? years ago, and I don't want to do, I hate the radio people like, you know, I'll never forget that one time. Remember when we interviewed someone, people hate that. But I had left the morning grind, and the GM of the station wanted to meet. And we went and had coffee and Clayton, which would be a great segment. Coffee and Clayton, right after Marlo and Martin. And he said, well, what would you like to do? And I said, you know, I honestly, I just... I only got about 10 minutes of material. He goes, you want to do a 10-minute show? And I said, <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. So that was, he was ahead of his time. That would have been like a true podcast. So the idea is we're back, baby. We're back. We'll do our own banter. We're going to have some guests on the show uh, back by popular We'll figure out the name a little bit later. But obviously. Well, I want to say this, though, about being back. And you, you said, hey, I got a 10-minute show. Aren't you, in a way, <laughs> aren't you in a way glad that you haven't had to do radio for the last two and a half months during this pandemic. Now, I do one hour a day, about four days a week with Cam Jansen. I really enjoy it, but that's also 
perfect because the show starts about 12.05. We take one break. We're done at about 12.57. We only really have to do about 51 minutes, and I can handle that. I can handle 51 minutes. But if you have to do a three-hour show right now with no sports, I would hate doing that. No, I think that's true. So you're you're in the right wheelhouse. And we need to get Jess on the show. I won't do the voice, but if we have Jess on the show, I want to ask the lovely Mrs. Marlowe. Chuck's always good with a little less. Yeah, I don't need to do three hours. Yeah, one hour show, that's fine. Honey, I'll cut the lawn. How about if I do the front today? I'll do the back tomorrow. STL Lawn Care, by the way. We'll talk about them later, but I did use to cut the grass, but St. Louis Lawn Care, they do such a great job. I now hand that over to them. Martin, I'm all about efficiency. Now again, am I the hardest worker? No, I'm not. I don't think I'm lazy. I never call in sick. I show up every day and I feel like I do what needs to be done, but am I gonna be first to arrive, last to leave at this point in my life? Probably not. One thing I liked uh, during this I hate saying pandemic. I'm tired of hearing that. But when people would announce guests, my favorite one was Charlie was on a show and they tweeted out, and I don't remember the particulars, but it said, big guest alert. So I'm pretty sure when this comes out, I, I'm going to start with, and we're going to play it up like you're the guest. So it's going to say big guest alert. I like that. You kind of, you have to, we learned this from Kusumano. You got to sell it, baby. We have the greatest guest in the world. Who is it? Charlie. Well, don't you sit right next to him at work? Well, <laughs> social distancing. But big guest alert. You were on a podcast or were you on a radio show? Well, first of all, what's the old saying? If you don't have the steak, you got to sell the sizzle. For this particular podcast, I believe, and I'll have to go go back and listen, because I, of course, did it. I didn't feel like I needed to listen to it. But it was a Bradley, a Bradley student. Anytime anybody from Bradley ever asked me to do anything, I always oblige. Because when I was you're at such Bradley, a big star. No, I'm not. But if you're if you're in media at Bradley and they have a fantastic media department because of Charlie Steiner donated all this money. If a Bradley student ever asked me to help out, I always do that. I did feel bad this particular podcast though because I was down in my basement where I do all of my radio duties during the pandemic, and my dog was barking the entire time. So I'm hoping that you could still hear me and that wasn't a big distraction. What's the, what's the percentage that Chuck got a Bradley gratuitous mention before a Marquette plug by me? I think the percentages were low. Yes, the big, odds would not have been in my favor. Big guest alert. All right, so everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people I've talked to have said, you know, some good will come of this. And people will say, you know what, we're going to come out of this better. And I sit there and go, I don't think there's any good coming out of this. And then I think of our buddy Rob D. The Dizzle always said, Marty loves a negative. <laughs> is there a reason to be positive? What positive has happened to you? Now, the one thing I will say is I've been eating less, drinking way more, yes. eating less. And I've tried not to balloon up during this by sitting at home. I've done more yard work. I've injured myself by being in the yard, doing too much yard work. Is there a positive in your view? First of all, before I answer that, I want to say multiple times over the last week when I've asked you or you've told me what you're doing, I feel like you spend every day power washing. Do you power wash? There's been a lot of power washing. And here's the thing about power washing. It sucks because as soon as you're done, this this happened today. I looked, the deck was beautiful. I kept thinking, Chuck and I were going to tape this. I'm like, he might be coming by. And my wife likes things to look nice. I'm like, he doesn't give a shit. It doesn't matter. Can look. No, no, no. So I'm power washing. Everything's going to look perfect. Carson's nine. He runs. He goes, hey, dad. I'm like, I turn around. He runs through some mulch and then runs out the back here. I'm like, 
footprints everywhere. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you're done power washing, you know what you need to do? Power wash again. It's an endless job. But I have done more yard. My wife is really good in the yard, the garden. I kind of hate all of that stuff when I was a kid. I had my own lawn business, Humblebrag, and I think I kind of got burnt out. And so now I really don't like doing it, but I do it because it's necessary. So the good news is I ate a little less, drank way too much. A friend of mine the other day says his wife told him he can't drink anymore during the COVID Ooh, shutdown. Man. In all seriousness, that's got to be grounds for divorce. And he's not a guy I can see getting through it, to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to go well. And he's like, well, luckily I got some spotted cow in the garage that I can sip every once in a while. <laughs> it sounds pathetic. But what positive has there been for you? First of all, I've felt good if I don't drink for a couple days during the pandemic. Like, if I don't drink on Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like, all right, then I, I feel like I deserve some alcohol on Thursday. But also, I'm not binge drinking. It's more a couple beers at night when you're watching Netflix and all that. Here's the positives, though. The positive from this pandemic is, and it's such a cliche, but it puts the important things in perspective. Family, friends, and how about this? Look, we all do this. It doesn't matter what your job is. Everybody complains about their job. Even if you have the greatest job on earth, if you make the most money, everybody complains. It's all relative. When you, when you see that 33 million people, whatever it is, are unemployed, it makes you think about and, and, and be happy and content and, and, and grateful for having your job, which I do here. I mean, so many people are going through this. Back in 2008, I was laid off from a job in Lansing, Michigan. We were furloughed. 10, 11 years ago. I think it makes you have the gratification for, for the important things in life, having your job, having your family, having your friends. That's what really matters. And the, the extra family time has been good. The extra family time, my daughter goes to daycare. She hasn't had daycare for two and a half months. A lot of quality memories, even though sometimes she's driving you a little crazy, let's be honest, but you've had more time to spend with with the family that's the positive little Jeannie may hits the bottle so does dad <laughs> now i talk to my mom every day now i i almost talk to her daily before this but now specifically i talk to her every day i'm like what are you up to mom well not much hey what'd you do today not much <laughs> i mean that's that's been a consistent theme i also think on the work side of it it has been extremely challenging and i get it everybody has the same joke you're a sports guy. What are you doing? There's no sports. I mean, if you heard that once, you heard it a thousand times. Like, I get, hey, what do you got to do? There's no sports. But I liken it to Sports Illustrated. When we were kids, you loved Sports Illustrated. I don't know if it's still a thing or what's going on with it, but you would get it in the mail. And why? It didn't have last night's scores in it, but it had cool stories. And it had features you wanted to read. And they had the best writers, too. But I felt that way during this. If you could get a good story here or there or find a good story and you could really put some time into it that you otherwise wouldn't get to. I mean, to me, that's been the most fun is running some people down that were willing to do it. Now, granted, people are more willing to do it because they're stuck at home. <laughs> hey, Martin called. That's great. Nine times out of ten, they're like, what the hell does he want? But I think that's a positive. Now, what's been negative, not to oh, highlight no, the neg no, negative, no, not to highlight the negative, the live tweeting of games that already happened yes. should stop. My only caveat, the only exception, when Game 6 was being replayed by ESPN, the famous David Freeze game, Jack Flaherty, current Cardinal, Cardinal stud, commenting on a game back in the day for his current team, I thought that was fascinating, watching him react to a game that he was not part of. But for media people saying, wow, that at bad, what a swing, I mean, 
Am I wrong, or is that just incredibly annoying? I know it's good uh, podcasting if I if I disagree with you for the embrace debate something. and throw something like Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip Bayless back in the day. But I 100% agree with you. And Jack Flaherty, is he what? Is he 24, 25? So, so think about it. When he's watching that game back in the day and he was 15 years old and he wasn't a Cardinal, I did think it was cool that he probably didn't really remember that game. And now he's this Cardinal stud and this is his organization and he's watching it again. I can honestly say I have not watched one old game at all on any network since the pandemic started. I'm just not all about that. And I agree with you. All the live tweeting, we know what happened. Great, you're watching the game. If there's two things that annoy me during the pandemic, and that doesn't even annoy me as much as this. And I'm, I'm a little younger than you, so I did grow up in the video game generation. I can't believe how many people are obsessed with video games to the point that people are doing simulations of, of sporting events and covering it in the media. And, and some people are doing this very successfully and people are watching and they're making money. So I'm not hating on them because look, if you, if you can do that, good for you. I have zero interest in that. I have zero interest in playing video games, let alone watching other people play and simulate video games. I would agree wholeheartedly. Next show, I will wholeheartedly disagree. By the way, we, we have an email, martinandmarlow at gmail.com. Are you happy? I named the email what you wanted, martinandmarlow at gmail.com. Don't forget the great folks at Triad Bank. Our buddy Jim Regna was real busy the early days of this, helping out small businesses, making sure they got the payroll protection. You can find them in Frontenac or on the web. It's triadbanking.com. Greenville University, we did a nice story on the TV side, how they were sort of at the forefront of taking preventative measures with everything that was happening because they have students who are from China and uh, they've always been real proactive. Right now, they're in the middle of a big engagement with more solar power. Greenville.edu for more information. And my buddy Fred over there at Marie de Villa Senior Living, always taking care of those folks, but especially during this really depressing time for everybody. My mom lives in a senior apartment. It's not a nursing home, but a senior apartment. They can't go anywhere. Fred and his wife, Mary Kay, are the best at engaging the people there. They have music. They'll have a band playing and kind of parade them through the parking lot, always doing fun things. You can get a virtual tour now of Marita Villa Senior Living. Do that online. All right, this is something I haven't really admitted online, and I probably will get shamed for it. I didn't watch The Last Dance. And during the time it was going on, like, I loved Michael Jordan. I loved the Bulls. I had a lot of friends in Chicago. And even, like, the, the 97 run, you'd go down. I lived in Madison. So it's a couple hours to Chicago. The thing that I remember about Chicago is when the Bulls were playing, like, nobody I knew had tickets, but everybody went to a bar to watch. And be like, hey, where are we watching tonight? All right, you go there. For, hey, tell Hoffman to get there and get a table. And it's that whole area. I know you've talked about McGee's online. There's a bunch of Kincaid, all these bars in that sort of same Lincoln Park area. And it was so much fun. And I don't know how often people do that. Like, hey, let's get together and go watch. Maybe in the NFL they have the get-togethers for like watch parties. But I love Jordan. I love the Bulls. I just didn't want to watch it. I don't know why. I mean, I just – like I get it. He was great. He was highly competitive. I get it. Like, I'm sure I missed out. I think Frank said it was the greatest television in the history of television. But uh, does that make me a bad sports guy, a weirdo, or what? You're a weirdo. We've talked about this before, though. There's a lot of very popular movies, I feel like, that you've never seen. Like Top Gun. Have you Correct. Still I'm waiting for the Top new Gun? one. Okay. The new one's coming. I will say this with, with Last Dance. 
at least because these are documentaries, you didn't have to watch them live. So you can go back and watch them anytime you want. I think this also, this is, is kind of baked into what we talked about earlier with the fact that since you haven't had to do the daily radio show the last two and a half months, basically every radio show, every publication, every TV show, their Monday content is what happened on the last dance. I, and that was driving me crazy. Cause, yes. And I think part of me is I want to go against the grain or whatever, whatever. I just was like, okay, everybody's into it, so I'm not interested. But I also think part of it was I would be at home, we would put together our Sunday show, and then there'd be no reason to be live, and they didn't want us in the studio, so I would be at home watching TV with my wife. And she doesn't want to watch that. So there's a chance I'll go back and watch it at a later date. But nine times out of ten, we were probably watching Ozark while everybody else was watching The Last Dance, which, by the way, I was on this uh, podcast, Ian Bag, funny comedian. It was Darren Pang, Scott Rizzuto, myself. And there's a spoiler alert during our segment. They just blurt out, can you believe so-and-so got killed at the end of Ozark? And they named the name. And I went, oh, man, we're only on like third episode. So the rest of the time, and of course I had to tell my wife. So the rest of the time we're watching Ozark. <laughs> oh, is so-and-so going to die today? Oh, oh, I thought that was going to be it. Oh, I thought that was going to be it. And it doesn't happen until the very final segment of Ozark. Spoiler alert. Okay. So I won't give any more spoilers, but you were talking about... Jordan wins. Jordan wins And he's six. the most competitive ever, and he's better than LeBron. Because I'm older, you're younger, you probably like LeBron. Well, and first of all, I'm from Ohio, but I'm very close to Detroit. My dad was a big-time Bad Boys fan. So we'll do another podcast where we just talk about LeBron and Jordan on a different day. But because you asked me about TV, everybody watches TV on Sunday nights. You're watching with Kim. So Billions is the show my wife and I watch. We love Billions. We both enjoy it. Then after Billions, I would try to watch The Last Dance. Some of them she enjoyed. She liked the Rodman stuff. Rodman's interesting, Carmen Electra. But after that, she couldn't watch two episodes every night. The good thing about Last Dance, though, you'd always if you started at 30 minutes in, then you wouldn't have to watch all the commercials. So then you could kind of speed through the commercials and all that. But Ozark, we both liked it early. I still enjoy it. I watched this whole season. And this won't be a spoiler, but the first episode, if you remember, for this season, how it starts, basically the guy walks into that that store and there's just a gruesome, gruesome scene. In Mexico. In Mexico, they have this cartel battle going on to the point where my wife stopped watching Ozark 19 seconds into this season. After that first scene, she couldn't watch any more of it. It was just too violent. Just too much gore, too much blood. And again, that's not a spoiler, but if you know what I'm talking about, I mean, it was a very graphic, disgusting scene. We get it. You can afford a TV. Where yes. did that Where did that narrative, the fault, there's a lot of false narratives, especially in radio, and it's all in fun. I realize that. I mean, years ago. It's not in fun. If other people don't know the joke. Okay, because you're fat, right? <laughs> I gamble on everything. No, what I'm saying, though, is sometimes you bring in third parties that don't know the joke on social media. Right. And, and then we say, oh, you're so rich. Oh, you can afford this. Other people don't get it. And they think you're kind of shaming them for, for having money is my point. Well, and you had something the other day. The dog was barking. You were taping a Zoom or it yes. went well. And I just played into that silly narrative. I don't even know how it all started, but I said, we get it. You can afford a dog and you can afford a computer. <laughs> and I'm thinking of some friends of mine. 
out of St. Louis that like follow me are probably wondering, why is that funny? Like, don't even get it. Where did that start? It started kind of with you being fat, right? I think it was a morning after thing, but I was too vague when I was just trying to describe it. What happened was my next door neighbor for opening day, he's a fantastic musician. He's got the piano. He's got the keyboard. He was playing Here Comes the King. He was playing the song, obviously, for the Cardinals, the Budweiser song for opening day, which we didn't have an opening day. It was so good. He put it on Facebook. I'm like, dude, I want to use that. I want to use it on Fox 2. I tweeted out. And this kid, he's, he's toured all over the world with his band. Really good. Gets like 30-some thousand views on Twitter. He's all excited. And so, of course... The inside joke that we all have on Twitter, which is, oh, you're so rich, you live next to someone who can afford a grand <laughs> piano. And because he was attached to it, and he's a great kid, Taylor, great guy, uh, he didn't get the joke, and he thought people <laughs> were kind of making fun of him, and I had to tell him, dude, it's a, it's a joke between us, we do this all the time, you're awesome, you're a fantastic musician, so that's what I'm saying. Right. We, we do the he, jokes, he got attacked. <laughs> right, we do the jokes so much that... Like our whole life is a joke and, and people think we're always constantly making fun of people, which I guess we are. But in this case, we actually weren't. I think he even said, like, I worked hard for this piano. Yes, <laughs> like, you don't have to explain and it. I had to message him, like, just so you know, none of this is about you. You're fantastic. That was awesome. You're a great musician. This is about us being children. We're children and this is what we do. I don't know if there could be worse false narratives then it was Hayes who really drummed it up, too, that I had a bunch of Asian boys living in my basement. And so we had a news director who was relatively new at the time. And he calls me in his office. He said, what's, uh, what's this thing I'm hearing on the radio? You got some Asian kids in your basement? I said, oh, it's just a joke. He said, yeah, well, that's not really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, he's, and he was like real serious. He goes, I, I don't know if I want my sports director having little Asian boys in his basement. I said, well, I don't. And he goes, nah, but I don't even think it's that funny. I'm like, yeah, but, but now you can't stop it. If you try and stop it, then you make it worse. That's the thing. Like, I get it. We all joke around. But... I think it's because we're so lazy. And, and I've been here now 12 years. You've been here working in, in TV and radio for, what, 20-plus years. When you get that joke or you get that label, it never goes away. For example, do I like to gamble? I do. I love gambling on football. I love fantasy baseball. And, yes, a couple years back did I once, one night, board on a Wednesday, gamble on WNBA. I did. And CFL. You, you, hold on. You not only gambled on the WNBA, you had a reason why you picked the team you said well they're playing at the casino so i'm thinking the night before they might have gone there they would have been tired you like you actually the scary part was you actually broke it down well i was following somebody who was really hot and i was basically just following his picks that's the only reason i did it but i don't like gambling on other stuff for example people are like what are you gambling on cornhole and bundesliga and and the match between phil mickelson and tom brady i'm like no because I love sports, but I'm not going to watch sports that I don't normally watch just because there are no sports. Recently here, you have, you have UFC back. You have these golf events. You have Bundesliga. What else is coming back? NASCAR. And I used to like NASCAR. I don't mind NASCAR. We covered on Fox 2. Didn't but, you once interview Denny Hamlin? <laughs> 2006. You were annoying tweet jackass. So like, oh, Denny Hamlin. Now look at me. I interviewed him once. Okay, but here's the difference. I actually made the joke saying, because Denny Hamlin won tonight, it's an opportunity to make it about myself. I was self-deprecating in the fact that I was trying to make it about myself. Some people just do it. Is there a difference? No, I get it. Okay. I, it was a joke within a joke. I get, I get it. it. I get it. Okay. Sure. Gotcha. By the way, shout out to Chris Gardner, former producer of The Midday Grind, mm -hmm. sending me a shirt this week that said, Bonzo, 
And I had to actually remember this. It started with Steve Schlanger, who was going over to cover the Tour de France or something, mm-hmm. and we were talking about catchphrases, and he does a lot of different sports, works internationally, local local guy who works internationally. And I think we're just being stupid. And said, you just need, said you need your own like catchphrase. And I said, I don't know, like uh, Bonzo. And then I think we got Danny Mac. I think he said it on – didn't he use it? And then Edmonds is like, yeah, that was a real Bonzo. <laughs> right? Didn't yes. we, we got Dan Mac to say it, and then we got Edmonds to react to Dan saying it. And As if it was did, like a thing. What did Danny Mac say about it? Or did did Edmonds say, yeah, Bonzo, that's when you go oppo? He said – He gave really it like legit – like Dan just went, yeah. Bonzo, which was for us. And I loved it, and I loved Dan. And then right after that, Edmonds goes, that was a Bonzo. <laughs> And I'm like, actually, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe you know, it should. And I got to go back and listen to that. One of the things I love about listening to those two when they do games together, and I'm sure you've picked up on this, is you know. Now, they have a lot of fun on the broadcast. And I've, I've always wanted broadcasters to make me laugh. I don't want the guy who's Mr. Stat. I would rather have you make me laugh than inundate me with information. Uh, that's why I love Mike Shannon as well. He's folksy. He's, he's funny. He's a storyteller. But you can always tell with Danny Mac and Jim Edmonds when they're making each other laugh so much that they're holding down the cough button, right? right? Because you know there are times where you're not hearing anything for a long time and you can just picture them both cracking up but holding down the cough button because if they go back on air, they'll just explode with laughter. I love that. Bonzo lives on. The Midday Grind returns the Kilcoin conversation with Chuck. With Chuck. Marlo is actually alphabetically... Before Martin, M-A-R-T. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We'll have to redo the, the email there. Martin and Marlo at gmail.com. But it's good to see you. It's been so long. Actually, I don't see you that much anymore with the weird, with the pandemic that we're living under, keeping our social distance. The midday grind lives on, buddy. Great to be back together. Great to be together. What? Is this a weekly thing to start? Well, we're going to try, yeah. We're, we've just admitted that we don't really attack things, or at least Chuck's like, ah, you know, once a month's fine. No, once a week, we'll check in with the folks. We're going to have some guests on. Uh, Brad Strobinger, friend of the show, will be our one loyal listener. But eventually, we'll get you to subscribe, and we'll be uh, cranking out more content. And may I mention, I have a couple sponsors as well. Kirkwood Pizzeria, you love Kennelwood Pet Resorts, and they're open now. All of the locations are open. So Kennelwood Pet Resort's been taking our dog Otis there for uh, for almost six years for everything. Boarding, grooming, day camp, and all of that. St. Louis Lawn Care, St. Louis Equipment, and the Corner Butcher in Fenton. So uh, please go out there and uh, take care of our local businesses, especially during this tough time. Bonzo, we'll talk to you soon.